0: Hi, my name is Samuel Chandra, and this podcast is Deep Sky. I explore the intersection of artificial intelligence, humanity, and aviation, and help unpack what it means for us now and into the future. As for me, I'm an A320 captain, an airline manager, and an advocate. We hold the future in our hands. This recording is a primer on artificial intelligence in the aviation world. I'll start off by introducing what AI actually is, then we will take a walk around the aviation industry and look at how it's touching different parts of it. Then we'll look a little deeper at the issues that we are facing as an industry and what needs to happen next in order for our future to be better than the past. Welcome to Deep Sky. So to start off, I'd like to give you an introduction to artificial intelligence. All AI is is intelligence that is artificial, i.e. computers doing stuff that seems kind of smart. From a consumer standpoint, there's absolutely no difference between the software that we have had for ages and AI-enabled software. The only difference is that software powered by AI is a lot more capable and powerful than the software before it. Commonly, we talk about AI, we are talking about a particular technology that makes software really, really powerful. That's machine learning. This is essentially software that programs itself, it's where the transformative nature of AI is born, it programs itself. You'll understand how powerful software is by a simple calculator. It has code and can do some amazing arithmetic, but when you enable that code to code itself, you get rates of improvement that are far, far higher than if a human was continually updating the code themselves. So what we have now is software that programs itself, so it becomes incredibly powerful. The consumer doesn't need to know that it programmed itself, they just need to know what it is really good at and what it does. And the thing is, is that because it is really good at what it does, we find that self-programming software is rapidly becoming the main software that people use today, without most people realizing it. Now there's one more concept that I need to explain. I remember that we said that machine learning is software that programs itself So, it makes software really good and seem a lot more intelligent than if a person had programmed it. Well, there's a subset of machine learning called deep learning. Essentially, this is a type of machine learning that uses more complex techniques to program itself. Actually, a lot more complex. So complex that humans have no way of knowing what the code actually is. That's a little worrying, and if you are listening to or reading this and you're in the aviation industry, you might be thinking, that's just not going to fly in our industry. It's hard to see how we can place planes in the sky with hundreds of people on them and then run those planes on software that we actually don't know the content of. But I will get back to that later. So why did we invent deep learning? Algorithms we can't even see or look at the code of. Well, deep learning is really good at performing tasks that humans are good at. The more abstract stuff, like composing music or making art, they can actually do it. And funnily enough, just like we don't know what's going on in our brains, we don't know what's going on in these programs that utilize a technology called deep neural networks, which is the same as deep learning. It just seems to be the way it works if you want to exhibit creativity in an intelligent agent, whether a human or an artificially intelligent agent. And by agent, I'm just talking about a thing that has intelligence. There's one last concept to cover, big data. Big data is the same as normal data. It's just a word used when people are talking about something that has a lot of data involved. Why is it a thing though? Well, let's go back to self-programming software. When machine learning is used, the machine is learning something. When human learning happens, the human learning, the human is learning something. The human is programming itself in a way. For example, you can show a toddler a chair and they will probably be able to recognize all kinds of different chairs after that for the rest of their life. You had to give the toddler some data, the chair, in order for them to learn. It's the same for machine learning. You have to give the machine some data for it to learn by itself. The difference between a self-learning algorithm and a self-learning toddler is that you would have to show the algorithm about 10 million different chairs, and then after the algorithm would probably only be able to recognize a chair 60 or 70% of the time. That's where big data comes in. Because AI is still pretty stupid, we need lots of data to help it learn things, hence the need for big data. Before the internet, there was a lot less data flowing around. And that's why since everyone started getting on the internet, sending their data around, we are now seeing AI become super powerful because the algorithms have a much bigger opportunity to learn. So that was a brief drive around the concepts of artificial intelligence, something that's not living, that has intelligence, machine learning, which is software that programs itself. Deep learning, also software that programs itself, but it's so complex, we don't know what's going on, and big data. Now, let's have a look at how all of this is changing the aviation industry. So, the world has been disrupted by tech, and it's interesting to remember that not that long ago, IT and technology were considered separate fields from human resources or finance. The thing is, is that technology isn't even a field anymore. It's pervasive. It's pervasive. It's just like furniture, you, you need a chair to sit on and do your work in a company, you need a desk, you need a roof. Technology is now basic infrastructure in all parts of an organization and life. Artificial intelligence isn't really a specific field, it's everywhere there is software. And because of machine learning, the software is getting so powerful, which means that AI will be everywhere there is software and everywhere that there is a person it's probably going to be more pervasive than the furniture, probably more like electricity and ventilation. Anyway, that level of pervasiveness will take a few decades to get to. So, let's begin by looking at how AI, which remember, for practical purposes, is just really powerful software, is being used in our aviation industry. I would like to start with exploring flight. Now, self-flying planes uh, with passengers are a way off. Uh, we the technology probably will be ready to go by the year 2035, and let's face it, the military has been flying around full-sized autonomous aircraft for decades. But seeing as it takes about two decades for the aviation system to switch over to something like ADS-B, I don't think we'll see flying passenger-carrying airlines, airliners for a while. AI-empowered software is the only software powerful enough to make decisions like a flight crew can. Which is currently the missing piece in aviation. Flight path control is well and truly automatic now. The next tasks of navigating and flight planning are being coded or self coded by machine learning algorithms as we speak. Uh, to name a couple of companies, look out for Dedalion, which is a Zurich based startup, and Airbus's A cubed Silicon Valley Innovation Hub, especially their Wayfinder project. The decision-making component of flight control has a few years to go yet. The military has developed automatic target selection software, yes, self-programmed too, and no doubt has software that can also decide whether or not to actually take the shoot to kill. But as for the civilian domain, there hasn't been a whole lot of stuff come out yet that can do things like return to the gate if there is an unruly passenger, talk to air traffic control, or decide to divert when there is a critically sick baby in the back of the plane. That's where the work needs to be done. The next domain and where the bulk of the work has been done at the intersection of AI and aviation to date is maintenance. Companies such as Rolls-Royce have been scooping up data for decades. There's something like 25,000 parts in each turbofan that they sell to an airline and maybe about 1,000 sensors in each one. These sensors are continuously pinging loads of data to the Rolls-Royce Control Centre, which is in Derbyshire in the UK, where this data is being put into a massive data store and analyzed. It's a funny thing, but true that engine companies are likely to be the first people in the world to know that there is an engine malfunction on any given flight, even before the pilots in the plane and long before the airline. It's crazy, but true. Anyway, the software engineers at Rolls-Royce let loose a bunch of self-programming programs onto this crazy, massive amount of data. And these programs do just that. They're given a set of rules of the kinds of things to look for, like look for patterns, look for outliers. Then they go and look for them. Because the software engineers don't know what these patterns or outliers are, they let the software program that kind of thing into itself Once that's done, the program is also asked to spit out its recommended maintenance interval for each part of the engine, or for every plane in the world, and it's different every time. This extends the lives of the engines, saves a lot of downtime for the airlines, and saves a lot of money in the process. Airbus is using its Skywise platform, Boeing its Analytics platform, and each big manufacturer has the same kind of thing. Um, The concept is expanded to all parts of the plane, not the engines. And if, uh, as an airline, you let the manufacturer use all of your data for free, they might help you out a little depending on how hard the airline negotiates. Air traffic control. Now, this is a, a tricky one. Um, yes, it's you can use machine learning or deep learning to um, ingest a lot of data to come up with some incredible ideas on how to optimize the global air traffic network. But then you have to actually change the network. Uh, it's going to take a while, hence real change in this area is quite a long way off. However, they are developing some AI-powered systems for unmanned traffic management, which is essentially ATC for everything without a pilot, mostly small UAVs. Uh, This area, which will mostly be confined to airspace under 400 feet, will be transformed over the next decade. Airports. Um, Other than making money out of car parking, which is quite a uniquely Australian phenomena, uh, airports also serve aircraft operators. As change to the air traffic control part is a much harder task, the surface movement control arena has seen significantly more innovation. Uh, one company called Sea Ridge Technologies out of Ottawa, Canada, is teaching its algorithms to visually recognize aircraft, ground vehicles, and people in the air and on the ground in order to give airlines and ATC assistive technology. On the airline side, their algorithms have figured out how to specifically optimize the placement of ground equipment and the time the various turnaround elements should happen to increase aircraft utilization. On the air traffic control side of things, Searidge has also trained their software to understand the meaning of air traffic control conversation. Because the software can recognise exactly where all the aircraft are at any given time and it can also understand what's being said on the radio, it can understand if aircraft are actually following ATC instructions and warn the controller if that isn't happening. The software also lets the controller know when the aircraft have cleared the runway or if vehicles like fire trucks are at the incident scene yet. It brings a high capacity to airport surface movement control and a high level of safety. Pilot roster. So this is a bit of a hot topic. Um, companies like Jeppesen create programs like Jeppesen Crew Pairing that can be used to create rosters that maximize revenue and minimize cost with a given set of constraints. As far as I know, machine learning has not been let loose on these applications. However, they are probably working on it right now. And if deep learning is used, which is highly likely, software providers themselves won't know how these rostering decisions are being made, let alone the airlines, let alone the pilots. It is possible to assure that deep learning algorithms are fair and safe, however they won't be transparent. The good thing about deep learning making a pilot's roster is that it's truly a mega mind, taking into account so many more variables than a human rostering team could. It would even outperform the very best traditional automatic rostering systems. So the real decision that needs to be made is how much will you weight the considerations and the priorities of of all the parties involved. The stakeholder consultation process becomes even more important, as these algorithms will be trained or taught using historical data that reflects the status quo. If you are happy with the status quo, you will get an initial product that reflects the status quo. But because no airline implements expensive new technology to maintain the status quo, they will be wanting this for a specific task, like to minimise cost or even to maximise pilot happiness it could probably do both of those things very well, maybe not at the same time. So it becomes a priority setting exercise, where because the internal rules of the program are masked, the priorities that are given to the algorithm are the essential decisions that people need to be accountable for. And the outcomes of the algorithm have to be attributable to a person, because you can't as as yet shift blame for... uh, priority setting, or outcomes to a piece of code and say it was the the program's fault. So, if you don't know what's going inside an algorithm, you can't be 100% sure of what the output will be. So, how do you use this kind of software in safety-critical applications? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's continue on. Assurance. deep learning-based software, because of its power, is the kind of software that will be used in everything. One could even postulate uh, a super algorithm that connects every airline system together and dishes out instructions to optimize the performance of the whole thing from hotel contract negotiation to network selection. The whole thing could be automated in pursuit of a certain set of goals like increased profit or happiness or both. Anyway, that's a slight digression. For some things like optimizing market strategy, it's not so bad if the algorithm isn't 100% right. But for other things like landing an airplane, It does have to be 100% right. So if you can't see what's happening in the algorithm, then how on earth do you ensure that it's safe and then certify it? This is something that IASA and Dedalian again, have started to work on together. They recently published a paper exploring how these deep neural networks, the technology that deep learning algorithms are built on, could be certified. Now, this is going to be ultra oversimplified, but what they wrote about, I will just making a general statement. Software used to be 100% deterministic. Given a set of inputs, you theoretically always knew what the outputs would be, assuming no bugs. But for a pilot, we're human beings. It's not the case. You don't know exactly what a set of outputs would be given a set of inputs. However, you tell a pilot the rules, you teach them, you assess them on the way, Then eventually you give them an exam and then a license. It's likely going to be a very roughly similar approach and process to certification of deep learning algorithms in safety critical areas, except with some changes, of course, uh, because computers are just more gullible. Ethics. So we have made sure that the AI is safe, but how do we ensure it is beneficial and how do we ensure it is beneficial to us all? Well, firstly, we have to decide who we want it to benefit. And to do that, all parties need to be educated. Otherwise, the informed will take advantage of the uninformed. Once we are educated and have decided our priorities, we then have to make the algorithms in a way that is beneficial to those people that we want it to benefit. But how do we make sure of that? Rolls-Royce have developed a framework called the Aletheia Framework, which is kind of like an IOSA audit style checklist, plus some other tools uh, that break down the high level priorities for a business into actionable steps that require evidence to be supplied to ensure compliance, to ensure that an AI implementation is actually going to do what we want. Rolls-Royce is using deep learning to extend the time between maintenance intervals on their aircraft engines so they had to come up with a way to make sure it's safe and beneficial to those using it. The ethical implementation of AI in non-safety-critical applications could very well also benefit from such a rigorous approach, and in addition, these checklists and frameworks can be an enabler to help companies know they're doing it right and speed up implementation. Uh, Lastly, I'd just like to comment on aviation culture and artificial intelligence. Airlines, uh, in particular, are notorious for two things. Uh, They're wafer-thin profits, but they're also notorious and celebrated for their incredible safety record. The cultures underlying these things, these phenomena, present challenges and benefits to the implementation of AI in the industry and the world of AI in general. Uh, the, The product of such small profits is that Investment in new technology can be halted for decades. Just look at the 737, uh, which was finished in the 60s, and we're still flying it around today. This was in pursuit of lower costs. And so the introduction of transformative technologies can be very slow, as the competitive advantage it gives is usually not worth the investment. On the other side of the coin, performance-motivated airlines are perpetually on the hunt to lower costs. Any AI tech that can lower costs probably will be adopted. Now, software is generally much cheaper than hardware, but AI-enabled software is really, really good, so it's usually on the more expensive side of software. But despite this, we expect to see a raft of resource optimization software introduced across airlines. This will be in order to get that 1% cost advantage, which for an airline, it can commonly mean... 10 20 more percent jump in their profits as for the safety culture uh, it definitely slows down the adoption of ai in the specifically the flight domain and so we expect it to take a while before self-learning aircraft will fly and navigate based on the programs that it wrote itself in the rest of the world outside of aviation ai and its developers can run free get better and better and do more things until it's stopped by regulation usually when it's too late However, in aviation, you can't do anything until it's approved. This means that there is a real push to get the regulations moving and moving correctly. The aviation industry has had to push much harder than other industries that use AI, like the social media industry, to get regulations, because they can't deploy anything until there are regulations. The fact that aviation is so highly regulated might actually mean that AI regulations are pioneered in the industry. This could be exported to many other domains. Aviation safety culture and background in implementation of complex systems is what enabled Rolls-Royce to develop the world's first AI ethics checklist and toolbox, and systems along with that to ensure robustness and fairness. And in fact, because we as an industry are so good at making dangerous, complex, and dynamic things safe, we could most likely see ethical and safe AI implementation Uh, know-how developed inside our industry first, and then exported to other industries. So I hope that you have enjoyed this primer on AI in aviation. There are many more applications and issues that I haven't had time to cover right now. In general, we will see the rollout of AI proceed from the most profitable and least risk applications, like optimizing ticket prices, to those that are the most safety critical with the lowest returns. For instance, automating emergency decision making on passenger airliners. Remember that AI is just incredibly powerful software, but with great power comes great responsibility, and it's our responsibility to use that power to shape the future in the way that benefits the collective. My name is Sam Chandra, and you've just listened to Deep Sky.